0: Developers, 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 developers. Yes.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jess Chadwick. And I'm Todd Slater. And we are your hosts. We are recording this on May twenty sixth, 2015. And this is actually our very first podcast, our very first recording, episode zero. Uh, hopefully, the first of many. Uh, in fact, this podcast is so new that we don't even have a name yet. Uh, but we're not going to let that stop us, and we'll figure that out because you know we need a we need a website, we need a domain <laughs> name, so we got to figure out a name for the podcast. Um, today's topic: today we're going to be talking about uh, ASP.NET Five, which is the next version of the ASP.NET framework. Uh, currently in the, in the beta five release, I believe, at the time of this recording. Uh, but before we get into that, um, let's let's look at the news and to see uh, see what's happened over the past couple of weeks. Todd, you got do you got anything?
0: Yeah, so a couple bunch of things I came across recently. Um, the first is that this week is Java's 20th birthday. Oh wow! Um, I mean, we've you've been around the industry long enough. At some point, you attempted to work with Java.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if I'm excited about that or scared or I don't. I don't no, know it was more like
0: it, it was it was interesting because it's like. Oh, okay, that's twenty years old.
1: <laughs> How old the, am I?
0: The article I found was like, Now Java is as successful as, as C and C And I'm like, No, I don't think so. <laughs> it really didn't live up to its intended purpose. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well it's cross platform, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, except that the biggest platform we work with now, iOS, it doesn't work. So
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it's great for Android. Oh yeah. <laughs> and some mainframe somewhere. Anyway, I thought it was kinda interesting that uh it's 20th annum, 20th birthday.
1: That is that is really interesting. Guess what Guess what I read today? I read, Gartner says, the Amazon cloud, Amazon web services, 10 times bigger than the next 14 services combined. Yeah, and Azure is uh, number two with twice the compute capacity as the next 13 services combined. So there's basically only two players there.
0: Yeah, that seems kind of legit. Yeah. I mean, I, and Google and IBM will claim they have stuff, but reality... It, it's I, a I two, two or servers. I mean
1: race. Google's got plenty of servers, I'd have to assume. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're not really loaning them out, I guess.
0: I don't know. I mean it's Google <laughs> App Engine, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh no, that's interesting. I mean, from a Microsoft point of view, a lot of people are using Azure, but outside of the Microsoft world, I mean Amazon's kind of the default choice.
1: Yeah, I've never I've never really used Amazon. Now I've gotten like free Azure credits and stuff, free trials. That's really all I've really used, Azure, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't ever really used amazon i played around with it a little bit
0: we, we've had a few clients that've used it mostly for storage yeah. or storing actually running windows on there which is kind of interesting yeah um just because that's what they wanted to use over Azure. yeah i think yeah. that there definitely is a uh, the future of the, what we're working on and doing is really going to be cloud-based in some capacity so these two are definitely the two major players yeah so the last news item I thought was kind of interesting, and this kind of ties a little bit into what we're going to talk about with uh, ASP.NET Five and VNext, is that Microsoft has came out and said that WCF is going to be open sourced. That's
1: interesting. So what what does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, open source has to... a lot of a <laughs> lot of uh, a lot of meanings, right? What does that mean?
0: Over the last few years or so, Microsoft has said hey, open source. We're going to open source everything. And they first started with MVC. And then eventually did ASP.NET, then ND Framework, a few other things along the way. And now they're getting around to WCF. And as a developer who used WCF primarily four or five years ago, to me it's a good thing because it means that that technology isn't going to go away. And there are still areas where ASP.NET doesn't always fit or doesn't always work. If I'm behind a firewall and I want to do communication between two different things and I want to use like a binary transport, well, MVC, Web API aren't going to get me that. Yeah. So, but does this, to me, need,
1: does this need to be open-sourced in order to, to use that? I mean, how does this change the way <laughs> I'm going to use
0: it? Or Yeah, that's a question. I mean, primarily from what I saw, no one in the, inside of Microsoft is actually doing anything with WCF. So if it becomes open-sourced, and hopefully there'll be some uh, new changes to it and things like that. Again, to me, it's more about what Microsoft's doing as a whole. The fact that they seem like they're open-sourcing WCF. Yeah. Who knows what's next? Maybe yeah. they'll do XAML or... I don't know they probably won't ever do SQL server windows but you could see them open sourcing other stuff
1: yeah yeah that's huge so yeah i mean i mean i'm speaking about the whole thing right all the open sourcing
0: everything is is a huge move for them
1: so the other thing that they're open sourcing asp.net (laughs) five uh you know our happens to be our topic for today so what 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 is asp.net five like what how is this different from the ASP.NETs that have come before it? Why is this? Bi- <laughs> you know, what what is the what is the deal here? Well,
0: that's a good question. I mean, you and I have been working for a long time with MVC and stuff, so to me, it's like it's just building upon what we already had. Um. But it's, there's also a lot of evolution. There interesting things happening under the covers. How they're abstracting everything away. Um, I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, for one thing. It feels like it's the same. You go into Visual Studio, I open it up, I'm kind of doing the same thing. But now that it covers, I have a choice. I get say, all right, am I going to use ASP.NET 4.6 or 4.5 like I've always been doing? Yeah. Or now I have this .NET Core. Well, what is .NET Core? Yeah. Like, what, why, why do I care? There's two different things.
1: It seems like there's a lot of changes coming in this.
0: Yeah, there it definitely ch- are. From a developer point of view, there's where I'm still doing the same day-to-day things, there's also a lot of changes on the covers, how things work. Um, I definitely feel like moving forward, Microsoft is saying that ASP.NET MVC is our path forward on the web side of things. Mm. And the framework is kind of the forward place path for SQL or mm-hmm. any kind of data access stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's new versions of Single R and a bunch of other things that kind of all get rolled into the, the ASP.NET track. Where before it was kind of like, hey, I wanted a web form app or I wanted an MVC app. It kind of feels like now... Well, I just want ASP.NET, the whole um, one ASP.NET type of thing. But that's just part of it. Under the covers, now that I have this choice of the way to, want to do 46 4, six or core, .NET Core, Microsoft has abstracted away the runtime. So I actually can now take, I actually can write and actually deploy my ASP.NET 5 application. If I tie it to .NET Core, I can actually deploy it on a Mac. Linux machine so now they've made .NET truly cross-platform now it's still early stages there's different paths and things you kind of need to do to make all that work but if I actually can go to a Mac machine today download .NET 5 build my application then deploy it to a Linux machine or deploy it to a Windows machine
1: yeah that's that's interesting so, so you said a lot of stuff there. So let's yes, <laughs> let's, let's let's dive right in this. So first of all, like why why all of this, right? Why why is it interesting to be able to run on my my Mac or my Linux machine or whatever? And why like what what was wrong with the ASP .NET that we had before, right? Even I, I know there's a lot wrong with web forms. <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'm, I'm going to say that, but I mean mm, you know ASP the yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I, I, I annoy a lot of people by saying that, but. I mean, I've been using ASP.NET.MVC for a while, and in fact, uh, I'm 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 working for an enterprise right now. I use Web Forms, right? I'm still using Web Forms here. We we, we have just, uh, sorry for you <laughs> a pretty uh, large application, several large applications using Web Forms, still working perfectly fine. Certainly not my platform of choice, but working perfectly fine. You know, solving my needs. So, like, why why do I care? Why do I care as an enterprise developer? Why do I care as any developer at all? I mean. It,
0: it, well i mean to me it comes down to the idea that as a developer you the web has changed we're not dealing with 1995 or even 2005 now right we have this idea we have all these frameworks and things we have to work with on the client side we need our server side to basically keep up right outside of the microsoft world everything's kind of the standard way right you have services that do service to things and you have client-side work does client-side work in the web were in the Microsoft world we had this choice right we could do it all in web forms which is all kind of very server centric MVC still gave us some of that same stuff but it made it much easier for us to now start using single page application frameworks and things like that without losing any of the stuff we need to do so why would I want to run on Linux well personally I can't think of too many reasons why you want to run on Linux but the fact that you can opens opportunities. Maybe um, it's for your solution. It's cheaper to go fire up 20 or 30 Linux boxes as opposed to a bunch of Windows boxes. Before, if I had to make that choice from a cost perspective or say I already had existing applications and things, what would I have to do? I'd have to now go like use Ruby on Rails. I'd have to go use, I don't know, Node, right? I'd have all these other options I'd have to now totally change what I'm trying to do on the server, Right. get out of my comfort zone. Well, now I have a choice, right? I have a, the ability to basically utilize my same skill set. I don't have to learn another tool set, another way of deploying things. The other thing is, Visual Studio, it's the greatest tool ever invented, right? Right. right. I can live in that world. Right. I completely agree with that. <laughs> I mean, Sublime is cool, and you can do a lot of cool things, um, but... I mean, I live in Visual Studio, so right. it's like, it's all there. The tooling is, is in the right places. The other thing that's kind of interesting related to that is this idea that Microsoft is opening themselves up, right? And we're used to Microsoft being all about Windows, right? Everything has to run on Windows. Now they're basically saying is Windows is just one choice you can make. You're not, as a developer, I'm not tying myself just to Microsoft, right? I'm opening up my my skills and my ability to do things Across a variety of different platforms, right? Maybe uh, we're talking about how Amazon is the, the biggest competitor way over the, way over everything else. Now I can actually build my .NET code and deploy the Amazon easier. Right. Of course, Microsoft wants you to use Azure, but right. they also will not necessarily want you to totally abandon C# and .NET and go over to Node or whatever, right? right? Right. The other thing that's kind of interesting is they realize. I mean, think about it. The web's been around for what 20 years, right? And for a long time, Microsoft had classic ASP, right? Which is basically, you got, you did a git, you did a post, you did a bunch of stuff on the server, you returned it to HTML, right? Semi-static and then somewhat dynamic type pages. Right. Well then, ASP.NET 1.1 came around and it was a radical change, right? Now we had all these server controls and all the rendering was done on the server and very little things were done on the client. Well, the problem, right around the time when that started to get critical mass in 2004 and five time range, all of a sudden, Mozilla, or I think it was Mozilla, was sort of supporting XMLHTP out of the box. Because for a long time, only IE had that, really, that capability. Mm-hmm. That enabled Ajax to proliferate for everywhere, right? But Microsoft's web form technology really didn't support that, right? You kind of had to jump through some hoops. So they introduced their own toolkit, Microsoft Ajax Toolkit, which would end up being this massive thing to learn <laughs> and it kind of was like a, a hack of a hack. Right. If anybody's ever done this development, update panels for like Sparta and my French were hell on earth. Right, right. <laughs> you, you get update panels and update panels and update panels and you just you just get lost right. what you're trying to do. So
1: you're trying to solve on the server the, the client side
0: problem yes. basically. Yeah. And there was overhead. I mean think about it. The world we live in today, we don't target our web applications just to IE. We really have, what, hundreds of browsers, potentially. If you're targeting phone, if you're taking a mobile-first type approach, you have iOS devices, you have basically three or four different phones, Android, you could have a hundred different phones that come to your things. The 5% of the people, including myself, who use Microsoft phones, you'd have those coming. And then, of course, you have (laughs) the traditional desktop. Uh But even today, the desktop, there's three or four different browsers someone could be using. So you want to take advantage of what the web is all about, right? The modern, what I refer to it as the modern web. Okay. So, when Microsoft realized this seven, eight years ago, and they created MVC, right? And MVC made it much easier for you to utilize Angular, utilize jQuery. Right. While well, you could have done get those down things... To the,
1: get down to the raw HTTP level. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, one of the things that they've really realized that... Or, sorry, the, the HTML f- level, the raw yeah. HTTP level. They've had 15 years of stuff built into... ASP.NET, sorry, ASP.NET, um, and one of the big changes is they've built for over 15 years. They've built a thing called System.Web, which was basically part of .NET runtime. And every time we wanted to, they wanted to change something in the .NET run to, or System.Web, they really couldn't make a change to it because it could impact all of .NET. So it means I had to go from .NET 2 to .NET three five or net four
1: oh. Well and it and it shipped as part of Windows, right? Wasn't yes. it wasn't it in the box of Windows? That was kind of the big thing yes. is that, that the, the core net framework actually shipped as part of Windows and so you had to be, you know, under that QA, you know, that round of QA yeah. and in the box and all of that stuff, right? So they so were it's, really which means locked
0: in. We'd get new features when Vista came out or Windows seven or Windows eight. Yeah. They were they were very tightly coupled to it. So they realized they had two things. A, the web has changed, right? They want, you want the server to be as fast as possible. You don't want it doing all this heavy duty rendering of HTML on the server because we live in a very dynamic world. You have hundreds of different clients you need to deal with. So they're like, what can we do to make this a, improve the performance, make mm-hmm. it more modular?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there came the decision that they need to basically abandon system.web, which is a huge thing when you think about it, right? We're all used to. HTTP context. We're used to web config. We're used to HTTP handlers and modules. Well, in ASP.NET Five, all that goes away. Which, in, if you're a developer, you've never heard of these things before, and you're like, "Wait a minute! What do you mean web config goes away? Right. <laughs> what do you mean there's no more HTTP right. modules? No more global to ASICs? Right, right. Well, fortunately, they are. They've replaced all these things with what I think are even better things. But if you're a developer used to starting with global ASX or firing up Web.config, you're gonna be like well what do i do put my connection string so it's definitely uh there's a lot going on there
1: yeah 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 No, that, that's interesting so i think also I, I i noticed a long time ago um when in the early days i don't i don't know in the uh in the early days of the framework um you know 1.0 the gac was huge right so i, I believe there's actually official microsoft dep- documentation saying you put put your, your assemblies in the GAC, right? Strongly signed assemblies, put them in the GAC and so you can manage them. And the GAC was basically the central place in the system that you put all of your assemblies one time and they were strongly versioned and, and you could reference them from all your applications. And I guess the... I guess the idea was that you didn't have to deploy them multiple times, and you could only update them one time. You know, affect all of your applications one time, which, frankly, scares the hell out of me. Maybe that's just me, this the 2015 person talking, but you know, <laughs> it scares the hell out of me to go update you know 20 applications at one time with one assembly. But uh, I guess now I, I see that uh, over over the past couple of years, you've seen NuGet get really popular, right? So yeah. you you now go. And to install even ASP.NNNVC for the past couple of years, the past couple of versions, it's been go and install a NuGet package, right? You do file new project and you're downloading things from NuGet. Now it's a local NuGet repository, but it's NuGet nonetheless. And then you're bin deploying. You're putting all of this stuff in your bin, defo- in, in your bin folder with everything else. And the GAC is now completely irrelevant. And so now I'm going looking for for these kind of official recommendations from Microsoft regarding the GAC. And I'm seeing things, they're not saying don't put things in the GAC, they're just kind of saying, yeah, we don't really do that anymore, right? They're saying, oh, yeah. I might not want to, you you can if you want to, you might not want to. And I've just been seeing that, that it go that way for the past couple of years, mm-hmm. five years or so now, um, and, uh, I think that that it looks like from ASP.NET 5, now everything is right there. Everything is a new get package. We've now gone to the opposite end of the spectrum where everything is bin deployed. Everything is an assembly deployed right there with your application and the whole .NET framework is sitting right next to your application code, your application assembly in that bin folder uh, in in your deployed application. I think that's just, I I think that's amazing. I think that's very interesting. Um, I think that's pretty huge for um isolating each of your applications right like uh, just yeah. just keeping them isolated from each other and and lessening the risk and so you can have you know this version of the application installed on on asp.net 5 and then this other application installed on on asp.net 6 and they're both running happily on the same box and you know mm-hmm. not not causing each other problems
0: yeah i mean it, it's 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 kind of interesting that you brought up Nougat and stuff i mean it's a lot of developers even outside of the, the MVC world, they may not even be realizing they have been using NuGet, or they're just getting getting to use NuGet. Yeah, right. The idea that basically now, even the runtime, right? When I go create my project, the references go away, right? I don't longer have this big CSJ project file with 4,000 different references and one referencing Entity Framework 6 and then I have another project maybe referencing Entity Framework 6.1 and doesn't compile, what they've done is they've went and said, how do we make this simpler, right? How do we make this so that there's less friction? Well, they started with NuGet packages, right? You download NuGet packages, it automatically updates all the references for you. Now moving forward with ASP.NET 5, they're like, well, why do we even need a project file? What if we had something else, <laughs> right. right? And huh. I mean, and think about this, we're all used to project files, right? We're used to this world of, of references and going and adding references and things.
1: Well, we need something to tell Visual Studio what files are in our project, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. well, there's still a solution file, but yeah. uh, the um, the other thing I thought was interesting, tying back to we're talking about with the clouds and the fact that now we can run this stuff on different platforms. Think about that. If I'm running this application, and I'm going to deploy it on Linux. There's no GAC, Ugh, right. Right? right? They'd have to invent right. something called a GAC on Linux or or, 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 or a Mac device, right? right? Um, so because we're they're now using this this .NET, uh. DNX thing, can't remember what it's called right now. .NET uh, Execution Library. They used to call it the K runtime, which is actually, I think, a catchier name. Um, They've now abstracted it away from you, right? As a developer, while I still need to understand that it's .NET Core versus Full, I actually am abstracted away from that, right? That's a good thing. We we were talking about before. I'm not tied to System.NET anymore, right? Or System.Web. That means that they can go through, and they've already done this, they've put all of MVC, and now they've put all of ASP.NET, they open sourced it, huh, which means huh. you and I or other developers, we actually can contribute to it, and we can go get like we can say, "Hey, I on my last project, we had to fix something in ASP.NET." Instead of me like now we can remember to grab that and create a my own deployment. I actually, just check it into the GitHub,
1: the public repository, stores,
0: the public repository, yeah. and everybody else contributes and yeah. it gets from it.
1: Well so now let's let's back up a minute. You mentioned .net full versus .net core. So I've been following this for a while and <clears throat> this is the thing that confused the hell out of me from the beginning. Frankly, it still confuses me a little bit, but uh, I'm getting I think I'm getting a little bit more clear picture of it. So what ASP.NET 5 is 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 a is a framework onto itself. So it it is its, its its own assembly, as you said. System.Web goes away. That's the old ASP.NET, right? Um, and so ASP.NET five are are kind of reimagined, re-implemented. Uh, it's not the same code. It's certainly not the same assemblies. Uh, brand new assemblies. Brand new code. I think some of it may or may not be copied copied over literally or or, or figuratively. Um, <laughs> I notice that we have same thing. We have. I notice that we have things like the HTTP context, except it's not system.web.htp context, is something else. So it's called the same thing, and it has a Request property, just like the context, but it's not the same thing. And so, how does how does all of this relate? ASP.NET Five, .NET Full, .NET Core. I, let's can we break this down? What, what what is the difference? And so, if I understand this correctly there is also with with along with this release of .net core there is also going to be the full .net framework is going to continue on alongside of .net core is that that's my it, understanding is that is that your understanding
0: yes and no i mean to me right now that when visual studio comes out and windows 10 comes out there's going to be a .net 46 46 right, yeah All right. We have four five today. Four six will be the, the next version.
1: So that is that is .NET full four point six. So this is yes. In other words, we're using it, we're using .NET, the .NET framework today four point five. Yes. This is Which just means, the next version of that full framework. So that's the same thing basically. It's the next yeah. version of that yeah. that we're used
0: it's, to. It, and it's and it's a dot release, right? Or it's a point release. So it's it's basically bug fixes and right. some other things. It's not like they're going to go add a whole new sh- stuff. Right. But think about it, right? If I am, and this gets into the whole goodbye GAC and the other stuff we're talking about is the reality of, if I use the full .NET runtime, that's actually part of Windows, right? So if I'm deploying my application to a web app, to a cloud, or even my normal server, why do I need WPF to be part of it? Why do I need WinForms (laughs) to be a part of that installation? Why do I need, I don't freaking know what else, uh... Code access security, dot .NET remoting, mm-hmm. right? These are all these things that, that have that existed over time. Even though we said WCF, if I'm building my application using MVC controllers and Web API controllers, why do I need to have WCF even reference on the machine? Yeah, well, and right?
1: I'm I'm no security expert, but also could be a security
0: uh, issue, right? Yeah, I mean, just well, as, having more of a
1: footprint on there.
0: But when it goes to load it, think about it. Since we load System.Web today, right? Mm-hmm. What does System.Web depend on? It probably depends on Core CLR. It, it depends on all these things. Mm-hmm and all of a sudden you have all this memory that has to be allocated for every worker process. I mean, one of the biggest challenges I've always had with .NET is the first time someone goes to your website, it takes,
1: oh, it takes forever. a half a second. <laughs> it takes forever. <laughs> it feels
0: like forever, but it's not like in real time. It's Uh-oh. nothing. The idea that by them eliminating this, they can streamline the load time, mm-hmm. right? That can be huge. Because we live in a different world, right? When .NET was created, what was it trying to solve? It was basically trying... Hey, we built com, we realized it did things okay, but it had a lot of problems like DLL hell, and it was very hard for us to change, and you had to know to create this interface, and you really couldn't do things if you weren't doing them C++. So they created .NET Runtime, right? It made our life a whole lot easier. But again, it's trying to solve 10,000 problems. When you look at ASP.NET, what are you trying to solve? You're basically saying, I've got a request over an HTTP thing. It's either a git or a post. And I want to return a result. So why do we need the the XAML runtime? Right. Loaded in my memory, right? Because I have to load the entire .NET runtime. Right. For my web application to work. Right. Right.
1: Okay. So .NET Core fixes all that. .NET Core is is what .NET Core is a rewrite. Well, how do you how do you explain this? Is it a rewrite? How, did they literally rewrite all of this stuff from scratch? That's a very
0: good question. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I feel like they must have you know copied. Uh, copied some of it, or at least, you know, either it's literally on or... on GitHub, you can go check it out. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: a couple different things I learned recently that I thought was interesting. So, I look at .NET Core. We, we want to tie this back to Java is 20 years old. You could argue that when they had Silverlight, right? When they created Silverlight... Wait, what's Silverlight? Is, uh, <laughs> slide tangent here. They created a, a .NET runtime that ran in a browser, right? That didn't have... WinForms didn't have ASP.NET. It was a scaled-down version of .NET that was only required to run a Silverlight program. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's sort of like where all this stuff started. I realized, well, wait a minute. Instead of having this big... I don't know if it was it's probably like almost several gigabytes of resource files that are required for .NET, what if you could trim that down to, I don't know, 500 megabytes or something, where you only need, you only require what you had. Yeah. So they've never really been clear what they... Wrote right. My understanding was always that basically, you as a developer, like you said, you're using HP context under the covers. That code is different now, but you're still using HP context. So, you as a developer, and that's good, that's what you want as abstraction, right? Ideally, yep. they could change it a hundred times. Um, so, to me, it gives you three things number one, it's a smaller footprint, it's now optimized for modern web transactions where it's trying to be asynchronous out of the box. Depends. The injections built into it out of the box. Uh, it's more modular, which means that different pieces can be changed, either by them or by you. So caching, right? Today we're kind of like we have we have to use the caching built in ASP.NET, right? And it works pretty good. But what if we want to attach a caching server to that? Well, we kind of have to jump through some hoops to make that work.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Now what I understand. Is it's modular? Somebody can go build a new module, and you just you plug it in. Yeah. And module not being the module like HTTP module.
1: Yeah, but they've been going in that that direction for a while now. I mean, yes, HV but again, keep in mind, abstraction. This
0: could now run on a Mac or a Linux, or if you still want to talk about the Windows world, the next version of the server maybe it's a stream down version, right? Now I want to deploy this to like a Docker or something or a very lightweight headless Windows server. Right?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I, w- I want to talk about Docker. Not, not <laughs> yes, in this show, but I want to talk about Docker. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Docker. Yeah, the there Docker's yeah.
0: out. Let's throw it out there. So, again, you kind of want to, to, to sum this up so we can we can move on, is the idea as, as a developer is the plumbing's changing, right? And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. But it's also a scary thing. I mean, when I first saw all this stuff a year or so ago, my first instinct was, this is really cool. Am I going to have to wait two years to actually use this in a production application? Right. And I've reached a point now where, when I've been using it for a little while, it seems very stable. So yes. I don't know what magic they did or yes. how many little uh, magic leprechauns they hired to pour all the code over. But somehow yes. or another, it actually doesn't seem like it breaks. It feels like the same thing, right? right? I have much more confidence that within a year from now, this is kind of what I'm hoping I'm building my applications in.
1: I agree. I mean, I, I've had a slightly different uh, different experience because I haven't I haven't been brave enough to actually try and do a, a full on production application with it. But I've been following it. I've been playing with it for the past since November for the past six eight months. Um, and I mean, a month or two ago, things like like temp data, NVC uh, temp data, weren't literally weren't even there. They just weren't yeah. even implemented, <laughs> right? um and as recently as a week or two ago i haven't checked uh, over the past couple days but a week or two ago signal r they were just kind of saying nah it's not going to be ready anytime soon right (laughs) right and so there's stuff that is just not not even started you know and some of the stuff has just been started recently and has probably just been finishing like since since that time over the past month or two when temp data wasn't there at all over the you know a, a matter of weeks it It was added and it was fully implemented. As far as I know, at this point, it's actually fully implemented. So they're going quickly, right? And I fully believe that everything that is is in there and they say is done is done. I I would have full uh full confidence kind of go into production with it but uh i don't at this point and that to be fair right this is we're still in beta what is this beta five at this point right we're still yeah. in beta so we can't really hold them accountable to anything at this point but uh i think what is in there I, i'd be comfortable with going going live with and uh you know this stuff is still still coming down the pike so i i actually heard um Scott Hanselman and Scott Hunter were—they uh, had a recording at Build. So you can find this on the Channel Nine website. I can—I can include a link to it in the show notes. Um, where Scott Hanselman and Scott Hunter made it very clear that uh, ASP.NET Five will not be shipping with Visual Studio RTM. So Visual Studio right now, at the time of this podcast, May twenty-sixth is. In RC, it's been in RC since since build, you know, since the beginning of yeah, the month. A few weeks. So I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can only assume it's going to go to RTM in the next couple months or in the next couple weeks, probably or Windows to or 10 timeframe. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Sort yeah, of my yeah, expectation. Yeah, I mean, I've got no insider knowledge at all about that, but you know, <laughs> logically speaking, yes. Yeah, it seems it seems to be pretty solid. You know, it's it's getting there. But so when that happens, when it goes RTM, when it gets fully released, you know, version 2015 full, right? RTM. It, ASP.NET 5 will not be RTM with it. It will not be a full release with it. It's going to be whatever it's going to be RC or, or whatever. Beta 6 or whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then so, you know, following that weeks or or months after that, then ASP.NET 5 will be released, which I think is really interesting, right? This this kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about in regards to .NET being being in the box, right, with Windows or whatever, yeah. or you know, .NET. You know, one of one of my biggest pet peeves since the time I've been started uh, doing .NET development is developers conflating, and it's and Microsoft encourages this. Um, the .NET versions with the Visual Studio release version. Like, what yes. what <laughs> version of .NET are you running? The server? Oh, I'm running Visual Studio 2010. That's not what I asked at all. <laughs> But so we're, I've always, that's always kind of bugged me, but it has been true, right? It's been true enough. It's just me being stupid, but now it's no longer true, right? So like ASP.NET 5, the version, the full version is not going to align with a version of Visual Studio, which is just really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you think about it though, from the last probably year or two, that's how ASP.NET MVC has been, right? I mean, every quarter they're releasing a new version. And it really it got tied less and less to .NET, right? Yeah. I mean, when's the last time we got .NET? We got uh, twenty thirteen. Visual Studio twenty thirteen came out a year and a half ago or so. Yeah, that but, was when we got .NET four five one.
1: Right. Right. But then we started having major updates to .NET and ASP.NET MVC in updates, right? In Visual yes. Studio updates. Update every, two, update three <laughs> has like a major. Every update quarter to the they're releasing something.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it's my understanding that that's going to be their path moving forward. Yeah. Not just for ASP.NET, .NET, but Windows even, that Windows is gonna. Ha- there's, I've heard some Microsoft come out and say that Windows 10 is the last Windows. Well, that's. Which basically, what it's telling me is that it's going to continue to update itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we that's live in a, that's much a topic for world. another show. Yes, a different, different show. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's more about the trend, right? We talk about open source, right? I mean, I'm still somewhat skeptical about open source. Not that I don't think open source exists or, or or it's bad. I think people have this expectation that if something's open source, it's better. To me, it's it's open, which is good, but doesn't mean it's necessarily better architected or better. It actually runs better. Um, but I think it's important that Microsoft has embraced it so because me, for the let's for let's the talk whole, about that yeah. for a minute.
1: So I noticed, um, I, I've seen this. So I've been following this closely right, for the past six, eight months, or whatever. I've been on there. I've been looking at the the GitHub. Right. So all of this stuff is hosted on GitHub. GitHub.com Uh, slash ASP.net, right, and all of this stuff. Or GitHub.com slash .net is the the .net founders, and that's the core CLR and all of that stuff. And so you can actually see this. And by all accounts, you know, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, the the Microsoft ASP.net team, the actual team that is employed by Microsoft, is using GitHub to do their work in public. Now, I, I... I have to assume, and uh, just from what I've heard in in chat rooms and things, it seems that they have their internal planning tools, you know, their scrum boards or whatever they're using, but their code, their check-ins goes right to GitHub Live, and I just think that is amazing. So, I've always, everybody has their own definition of what open source is and everything, and so… You know, it, to me, open source just really means the code is not only available, but you can contribute back to it, right? It's a, it's got a community. It got it accepts pull requests and right? accepts changes. Um, and so, you know, years ago, uh, Microsoft released the code for um, ASP.NET MVC. Yeah, a lot of people call that open source. I'm not going to argue with them. You know, that is one version of it. Basically saying, yeah. here's the source. Go ahead, right? Use it as you wish. Yeah. Um, but what is really different now over the past year or so is that they are actually actively working day to day. They're doing their active work in GitHub. And so not only can you contribute back to it and will they uh, review your, your pull request and you know possibly even pull it into the framework that everybody's going to use, but they themselves are working on in directly in that uh, repo. I, th- I think that's pretty yeah. amazing and it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, that's... That's the most important thing, right? Whatever it was, how much open source or what license they use for open source is less relevant as the whole process is out there, right? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. being very open and upfront. They're saying, look, this is not going to be released day one of Visual Studio, right? Visual Studio will come out. I think it was what I read was when Visual Studio Update 1 comes out, which sounds, is their history of recent history. It sounds like it's three months or so down the line. They hope to have this ready but maybe the only 80 percent of it's ready and that's what's there right right. so they're they're not tying themselves to saying we have to wait to visual studio 2016 to give this to you
1: right so to that point though what has always forget about microsoft all of these open source projects angular is doing the same thing right so we are on the dawn of the the uh, 2.0 release angular angular 2.0 right what does that mean for an open source project to have a release to have a yeah. final release. <laughs> what does it mean for an open source project to be beta? You know who makes those decisions? Somebody makes those decisions, but I, I just I still and I'm I'm, you know, Angular is in my crosshairs, the Google team is in my crosshairs too with this is that they we're doing they're doing all this work out in the open. The code is there for you to see. That is awesome. Yes. That is admirable, right? But you're still you're you're putting this uh, you're working toward a milestone. And you may even be sharing those milestones on the GitHub repository, but um, we don't know how close you are to those milestones, right? And then, so somewhere in 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 secret—and I use that term very loosely—you <laughs> you wait until a certain day, and then you, the the team lead, says, "Okay, now it is is 2.0, right?" And you have some big press release already <laughs> planned, already you know pre-written um indicating gets that you, involved. <laughs> yeah exactly marketing gets involved right and so you have this marketing release of this open source platform or this open source project that 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 concept just continues to elude me it just that they, those two yeah. concepts don't reconcile right but whatever that's that's my that's my uh that's my well, tangent
0: what, interesting comment there you think about it um and it's some people who has been maybe following this for a little while microsoft is still kind of well the source is open and their process is open they seem like they're still going through that marketing phase yeah. because just a little while ago, I, th- I think it was back in February or so at our, our user group, I think you talked about uh, ASP.net. At the time, we called it vNext. Five, you talked a lot about something called k-runtime. Yep, yep. Well, now, if you look at the docs, there's something called k-runtime. It's still there. It, it's become this .NET execution runtime, or it's called DNx. I don't remember what the, the exactly it stands for. But basically, they renamed something that was in littered throughout everything in their documentation. Oh, right? I know. whole big thing. I know. It broke all of my <laughs> applications. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, I mean, if you had created podcasts or, or blog posts about something, now you have to go back and like, hey, this is now something else. Yeah. So it seems like they're still going through that same type of phase <clears throat> where it's open, but at one point they're like, you know, we're going to change what this is called. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about it. That's a big thing because that means renaming the library. That means – so I, I guess I look at it as they're open – as things are out in the open, yeah, but they're still making those radical refractory changes, right? right. Think about it. If we were contributing to the, to this, right, and all of a sudden someone checks in, it's not called K runtime; it's called .NET uh, execution runtime now. It's going to break all my code, right? right, right. <laughs> so they're still making those radical type changes. Right. So it'll be interesting to see that once this sort of gets out there, then they start taking more and more contributions in. Will that kind of radical change be more planned out? Will they still have a, like, are they still going to have a, I don't know, the uh, five 5.1 release? And then like, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, to, how they deal with it. Is I, going well, to be I think they will. I NBC7 mean, or something.
1: Open source <laughs> projects are still versions, right? Somebody, yes. you know, the leader of the project, regardless of whether they're getting paid by a corporation, there is a leader of a project generally, and they, you know, decide a version number and a release and everything. And that's that's pretty standard. And so, right, to to be clear, I'm not being critical of the Microsoft team here. I'm just saying this is this is very interesting when open source meets corporate and yeah. marketing and you still have these releases, right? Every open source project has their version, but in the corporate world, a version is a big deal. It's a marketing yes. event, right? It's just, it's very interesting. It's very intriguing.
0: When you talk about corporate, I mean, you and I both work in the corporate world, right? We've worked at corporations. We consulted for corporations. The .NET version has a meaning, right? Yeah. What oh, version of yeah. .NET are you running? Yep. Well, over the last few years, that's become less and less, relevant right Right. I mean this idea now that application one may be using .NET Core and it may be we'll say it's release one of MVC 6 right but then the next application comes out six months later maybe it's using .NET Core version 1.1 or something Mm -hmm. whatever they call it when they call it Um, because there are new stuff that came out and that application needed that new stuff right now I have basically two different applications running different versions of .NET I think that's going to be kind of a, not a hard sell, but a revolutionary thing to corporations. Because they're used to, like, when I go to a customer and they're like, we need a server. They're like, what version .NET you need to install on it? So, it it's, it's becomes, it's like, it's very tied to, at least in the server world, it's very tied to what DevOps or what IT is is doing for your server, right? They want to keep track of all the software. Oh,
1: oh, whoa, whoa, Now you're now you're using big big words there. <laughs> oh, big words. Okay, sorry. Uh, well, so but the, isn't this a things a, developers a brand don't new... do,
0: right? We don't. Ultimately, I think the open source thing is good for us because we're seeing things. But to your network admin guy, hopefully, it'll be easier to sell this stuff in the future. But I think that they're going to be a little more resistant to that change. Yeah. Because they yeah. want to, like, I only want to support .NET 4 or 5. I don't want to have to deal with 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, whatever it's going to be.
1: Isn't this just a, a reincarnation, another reincarnation of, of DLL hell? I mean, isn't this – are we going well, to have versioning issues or, or just <laughs> well, I, different I, kind I think of versioning issues? If you I think mean, like I, so, like, I talked, like I like I talked – like I mentioned earlier, I, I don't anticipate – one uh, upgrading the .net version on the entire machine to affect all of my 20 applications that are running on that machine yeah. right so in that in that regard i think it saves you from that but in the regard of of i've got 20 applications on this machine this one's broken what is going on here right what version is this using how out of date is it so it's 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 in a way it's good that it can be out of date and continue to work. If it worked ten years ago and nothing else has changed yeah. and it continues to work, great. Why touch it, right? But when yeah. it does break or when it you know something <laughs> does happen, that is a ten year old co base. I, you know, it's, it's ten <laughs> ten years of versions behind. What now, right? When I go and upgrade yeah. it, now I got it's it's just in another interesting problem.
0: So we we talked a lot of things. I think we just kind of jumped back and hit some things, to make sure we. Fully covered here, so we talk a lot about .NET 4.6 and ASP.NET 5. I think it's 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 good to know as a developer or when you go into the Visual Studio, you kind of have to make this choice, right? Before you simply simply say, well, I want .NET 4 or 4.5, and there sort of was an expectation what's in in both of those. Now, when I actually create my project, I kind of have to make this choice, like, do I want full .NET or do I want to use this .NET Core? So, a couple of things there. One is they've claimed or they've talked a lot about how core is supposed to be optimized for the cloud, right? So I hope people don't like, well, if I'm not going to deploy this to Azure or whatever, I don't want this. So I think people will still end up, a lot of people I think will end up still using the full runtime. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if people take yeah. advantage of core yeah. when they're not going to the cloud. Yeah. Um, the I'm the also, we, <clears throat> yeah, along
1: those lines, I'm also interested to see how long the full lives on. I'm really interested that, to see what the, goes on with that. That, I think, is
0: the bigger question. Because they, for a long time, they were very vague about, like, what is core? It seemed like it was very tied to Net. Now, some of the documentation and stuff is coming out. They're like, hey, you can actually build a console app and run it on Mac using that net core. Well, think about right. it. That's, that's potentially, again, a huge change.
1: That is Maybe huge. And the- how is it relevant to me? Why would I want to do that? Right. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of cases that I would want to do that. I'm not dismissing that, but I I don't know. uh, Maybe I'm being short-sighted, but I just see, you know, right now – the 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 dot net world is microsoft microsoft is the dot net world and yes. maybe this is a play to go and get those you know linux developers node developers whoever else right i'm not in that world i don't even i'm not even intelligent enough to list the people who are outside of that right <laughs> python ruby whatever yeah maybe that this is a play to get them in but are they going to really care yeah. and right it, it if they do care if they come over are they going to run it on mac are they going to run it on linux yeah or are they going to run it on Windows or are they going to run it on Azure and it just doesn't even matter, right? Whether it's exactly. Windows or Linux.
0: I think there are three, three different things. One is I live in the, the the UI world, right? I could see eventually maybe .NET Core runs on iOS and actually could write native iOS apps or native Android apps or, or Windows apps. I mean, Windows is called, they call it Windows Universal apps. Maybe yes. someday Windows Universal is... apps could actually run on across all these different devices. I think that's a huge opportunity. Yeah. The other thing to think about is, when it comes to developers, it's all about developer eyes, right? If you're in the know, right, why do they buy Minecraft? (laughs) They bought Minecraft because they wanted that developer community to use Microsoft tools. I ultimately think that's what it's about, right? Right. They don't really care you want to run Node. I mean, we'll jump in a minute and talk about the fact that Node's now actually part of Visual Studio in a way. Well, and to be clear, when you're
1: (laughs) when you're talking about their intentions, you have no insider insight. No, 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 no. I'm basically saying, from my point of view, this is your opinion.
0: As a developer, my opinion is when I see them investing in .NET Core, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to do this for be optimized for the cloud and stuff," but then we're also making work on Mac and Linux. Then I start thinking, hmm. Well, what kind of devices we're going to be dealing with in the next few years? Right, we have phones today. We're going to have Hololens. We're going to have Octolus Rift we're going to have all these other devices eventually you have this whole internet of things type approach mm-hmm. D- to me the .NET Core ultimately becomes that's the runtime that will be everywhere or at least the story you could use across all these different devices because think about it if I'm going to build something for a HoloLens or some internet of Thing device like say a watch or something why would i want WinForms, forms or why would i need the full net stack there right mm-hmm, if microsoft mm-hmm. wants to have a story for that stuff they want a very small footprint because ultimately think about it: if i'm on a, a watch or something i don't want to download 200 300 400 megabytes of stuff i want the runtime to be optimized because think about it what did we have before we had the microsoft compact framework you had you had like seventeen different variations of .NET, right? So to me, yep, yep. I, I kind of—if you look outside of the the, the web world—I think there is a play for .NET Core beyond just Windows. To me, that that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, that so, is that is interesting. So I, right. I mentioned so,
0: something about, about Node. Hold on, hold on. Should we got—we're th-
1: uh, we're about f- just under fifty minutes into it, so. Okay. Just time check. Yeah. All right, go ahead.
0: Um, so to me, that's kind of interesting. Is I live in the web world right that's i live in the ui web world so i'm always constantly going okay and i refer to this as the javascript the uh the web api or web sorry web application soup javascript soup when i start a new project i'm like all right, what frameworks do i need to use do i want to use totally custom and, and micro framework do i need to have something totally with Angular or whatever else i need to do right so i, I have to figure out all these different things well part of the the, the web world has embraced in the Node community in particular is this idea of having task runners that do a bunch of different things. They can take simply things like taking all your JavaScript code or CSS and, and minifying it and bundling it mm-hmm. and those kind of mm-hmm. things. Or so you're just talking doing... about
1: Grunt, aren't you? Grunt Grunt, and Gulp, is that is that what you're well, talking I'm about? I'm talking
0: about, yeah, Grope and Gulp are, are two of these things, and Bower sort of is the, the packaging stuff tied into this. Mm-hmm. Well, as a Microsoft guy, these are all other things I had to go learn or I had right. to go figure out how to make them work in Visual Studio. Right. Well, Microsoft is like, these are things people should be using. What if we just bake it in? Right. So I fire up Visual Studio 2015 today. I create a new project. I go to run it. Guess what runs? A grunt script runs. Huh. Right. It actually is compiling mm-hmm. code through a grunt script. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's grunt or go, but I get the two of them confused, um, which I'm sure a lot of developers do if they're not familiar with the, what they do. So, it's kind of interesting <coughs> that Microsoft basically is embracing what other frameworks and other libraries are doing, but they're building in the individual studio. Yeah.
1: yeah, that So, to me, there's is a couple different
0: things. One is, Node's a whole other topic in itself to discuss and things, but I've used tools that require Node. We use something called Winery a lot to do remote debugging on mobile devices for web stuff. So that's a great tool. It solves a lot of problems for us. And Node itself has, it's a whole package manager. There's all kinds of crazy different things. I think, yeah, can't remember yeah. who did it, but someone actually created a text editor. I actually think it was GitHub. They created a text editor that runs on Node. It's, it's, yeah. a, Adam. it's a programming runtime, right? It's not yep. just yep. meant to be <coughs> things running on the server.
1: Yeah, I've been, I've been finding that more and more of the web developer tools, the good tools, the, the, the top-tier tools are built on Node. Just Yeah. It, yeah. That's and this just is the thing, nature of you know, those businesses. Yeah, this has been the trend for the past couple of years is that, you know, the, the best tools are just coming out on Node. But as a developer, as a developer in the enterprise, I haven't had access to Node, right? Yeah. And so the big announcement for me, the big announcement for me was installing Visual Studio 2015 and seeing Node built in, right? It's just, it's yeah. installed. I don't have to request it. All I have to request is say, hey, can you upgrade my version of Visual Studio that I already have? That's fine, right? It's been approved. Yes. But now I have Node, and now I have access to these tools. These things are built in: npm, Bower, Node Package. But so with so the the interesting thing is there now that I've got a lot of options, and options are good. I've got a lot of tools at my disposal. I've got all of the best developer tools in the world at my expo at my disposal now. Which one do I choose? Right. So like <laughs> I've watch. got NuGet. So I've I'm used to as a .NET developer, circa you know Visual Studio twenty thirteen. I am used to getting jQuery and Angular and all of these things through nu- NuGet packages. Yes. Right? If I want to install jQuery, I say NuGet install jQuery and I bring it down as a NuGet package. But if I try that now in my ASP.NET 5 project, it doesn't work. I'm not a, I'm literally like not allowed to install content packages anymore in ASP.NET 5 and it looks like they've now offloaded that into Bower, basically saying you get you get .net assemblies from NuGet Everything yeah. else lives somewhere else, right? In Bower. Use Bower, use whatever else. And then I've heard of JSPM, which I haven't really used before. I haven't looked into, but nah, you're right. that's a that's a new up and comer, right? Another client side package manager. But now, which one do I use? I, I guess for yeah. client side, I use Bower, but now, as you say, right? I, I'm echoing your, your sentiment that now I have these. Additional tools that I need to learn, so it's it's more powerful, but it's also not as simple. If I'm coming in and I just do file new project and I just want to get going, I now have to add a Bower config file. I have to add an NPM yeah. config. I have to right like I have to know about all of this stuff, and it's just no longer
0: simple anymore. Yeah. But in, in Microsoft's behalf, they've made it simpler to get started, right? Because when I create a a a five project, I have a Bower file sitting there. Mm-hmm. Now I may not know what to do with it. I'm gonna to have to go research and understand what to do with it. When I compile my code, uh, we really haven't touched on it, but the compiler is now tied into .NET Roslyn, right? Mm-hmm. The compiled yeah, yeah. aspect of my my web application is a little different. It's actually ru- it's running it as a as a grunt and gulp script. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's. I mean, I ultimately assume it's the C# Sharp compiler somewhere running behind the scenes, but it's a different type of experience. And you actually see it. You see the window come up. You can see it running the stuff. It's like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Again, I think, this is, I think this is a critical thing because I think in most people in the Microsoft world, they may have heard of these things but may not use them because it's like, well, why? I'm, I'm happy what I have now. Why, why would I want to switch it over? Why would I want to learn something else? Right. Because it's sort of built into the box now and it's sort of the default way things are done, it opens up the world, I think, for us as developers to actually learn these tools. We right. now can invest in these tools right? because ultimately that to me is the big thing. I talk to this, all the developers I work with, whether it be internal developers or customer developers, there's too much to learn, right? There's this way, way, if trying to keep up with every possible thing in the world is impossible. Right. No. By the time you've gotten done, there'll be a hundred new things that came about. So you, you kind of have to pick your battles, right? You have to say, what do I want to learn? To me, the fact that this is now built in the Visual Studio means that it's not going away, right? There, there, there's some level of commitment from Microsoft has identified this is a key thing. The other thing I kind of like is they've chose to not reinvent the wheel, right? We talked a little bit about before that when jQuery first got in the box in MVC, that was a huge thing, right? That mm-hmm. was the first open source thing Microsoft's like, we're including in mm-hmm. the box. Mm-hmm. We're not going to invent our own jQuery framework. We tried and it didn't quite work out too well. They very easily could have said, you know, this Bower, this Node stuff, we'll just create a PowerShell script or something else to do it. (laughs) The fact that they are embracing what other people are using, I think is good for developers. Because, Mm. I mean, to be very honest, I mean, I expect to live in the Microsoft world forever. But who knows, right? Five years from now, maybe maybe we're all running on Linux on our servers and we're running max for development right who knows right yes but so diff-
1: I, I define the microsoft world a little bit different now right i i define the microsoft world as the server as the server side yeah. so it's it's asp.net MVC. it may even up until now have included nuget right to go and get my yeah. client side packages but after that frankly it doesn't matter how that how that html and javascript is rendered as it gets down to the browser at that point i'm squarely in the client side world and now yeah you know now i'm consuming you know client side packages like bower packages and and things like that I, I do really like that that move it's just i, I... Coming from, I've been told. I finally, you know, NuGet's been out for a couple of years, and then all yeah. all of the Microsoft developers just finally said, "Okay, if I need something, I go to NuGet. If I need a client-side package, <laughs> if I need jQuery, I know where to get it. I go and I search NuGet and I install it. And now I'm going to go and I'm going to install it, and it's it's just not going to work, right? It's it's not going to be there. It's not going to work. Now where do I go? Oh, I got to learn something else new. It's it's just frustrating. I, I agree with you. It is definitely in the right direction. I I really I love how they are embracing. They're embracing rather than competing with other communities, right? They're saying, hey, the Bauer community is awesome. Well, and frankly, there is nothing about Visual Studio or ASP.NET 5, the project that is tying you into Bauer. It is, it is an option, right? It is a way yeah. to bring something in. So it completely opens the door for this JSPM or, or any... You know, Jess's new package manager that, that comes out, right? And so it is not tying things in in terms of, of tooling in Visual Studio. Yeah. It is just kind of extensible. It's it's there. It's a it's a hook to get in and get started and, and get going.
0: Yeah, Which I think is a good thing, right? I mean, think about it. Today, Grunt and Gulp and Bauer are sort of the, the default ones people use a lot. But three months from now, someone can invent something new. To yeah. me, Microsoft is positioned it to say, hey, if you want to take... Back, I mean, all this stuff is open source, right? You want to go off and, and fork Bower and create Tower. I want to create Tower, right? Everything i after myself. Yeah. I can plug that in and then use it, right? I'm not... Yeah, yeah. Re, I'm not required to wait for the next version of Visual Studio or deal with the craziness of how to build a plugin in Visual Studio, right? I mean, I don't know if you ever tried to do that. It's like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. rocket science beyond rocket science. It yeah. now seems like they are really like this idea of the whole modularity and, and when I want to replace one thing with something else. I'm not... Tying my, I have more choice, right? Yeah. But choice though becomes potentially complexity. I don't know. There's, it's it's interesting. We've covered a lot of different stuff. I I think we just touched the surface on most of these things. Yeah. But really, to me, is if you were a developer in the Microsoft world, the time has come to to really understand. If you're going to be a web developer, you need to know what's out there. Yep, yep. You need to you need to have uh, at least enough information to be able to say on my next project, hey, I want to use this, or hey, I need this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the well, the idea of opening a new project and then hooking up a, a data source and getting some data from somewhere, those sort of applications, they're starting to die away. Yeah. We, we yeah. we're we're building different kind of applications today. Yeah.
1: So I well I think and. That's and a, and going back to uh, you know what what just kind of extending what you were what you were just saying in regards to you know the new package manager and everything it's that the the UI the view has always been the fastest evolving thing, right? So yeah. you know the middle tier it's like the further you get away from the UI, the less things move, you know the slower things move. And so I, my my boss recently joked about how you know I, I've got a. Uh, uh, I have got an intern coming in right and he sends he sends me to interview the guys because I'm the I'm the UI team lead uh, rather than uh, than than the back end you know the cobol developers because yeah. you know it, interns don't want they don't want to know cobol they don't want to use <laughs> cobol these days some of some of them yeah. do so I, I've you met know I am. I've met interns I've met you know folks you know junior folks who are coming in wanting to learn cobol and more power to them but you know the most developers <laughs> new developers want to come in they want to be on the latest and greatest stuff and that's just always on the front end right every once in a while you know years ago we had hey brand new wcf new way to do it right and that was brand new at one time but it's no longer brand new but it's still really really legitimate and it's you know you can build a very solid middle tier on that and it works great and it's how old is it now
0: um at least 10 years uh, 10 Probably years it for, right yeah right, it's, it's, know, it's aged, it, but it is yeah, it's,
1: it is not aging right it is it is no less uh relevant than it was when it was when it was first introduced it's still very legit a very legitimate option but meanwhile you know, we get a, literally <laughs> dozens, hundreds of new client side frameworks a day, right? Yes, <laughs> and you know, and most will die before
0: you even know they exist.
1: Exactly, and you know, yes. So it's very realistic that tomorrow, literally tomorrow, we could have a new package manager that we're going to want to support, and and yeah. our landscape is just very. Very much changing, and to tie the tooling to that kind of out of the box and make it less flexible is just a very bad idea. And they're not doing that, right? They're no, they're, they're doing going the exact the direction. opposite. They're yep.
0: they're embracing these things. And I think you brought up an interesting thing about interns and, and things. Most people who are who are in college today or younger developers, they've grown up on the web, right? At some point, they've tried to create an HTML page, and yeah. more than likely, they may have played with Node or something like this, right? They're, they're yeah, well, more py- open Python because they don't have likely. the history. Huh? Or yeah, or Python <laughs> or Ruby Python or whatever. Likely, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, or PHP or whatever, right? hmm The idea that Microsoft is using these same things, to me, when I go interview somebody for a developer today, right, I want them to have a good understanding of .NET, but understanding Angular, understanding JavaScript is more important, right? Yeah. So to me, if, if someone's a crack web guy, right, and he spent most of the time learning Node, and he's interested in learning.NET. Mm-hmm. He's just as valuable to me as the guy who made master.NET but doesn't have a, any clue to use CSS, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree
1: completely. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I don't even care. I, I do Angular applications, That's a large part of what yeah. I do, and I don't specifically look for Angular skill sets, right? I, I look for developers who know JavaScript they just understand the browser they understand JavaScript they understand concepts like client-side templating and, and Ajax yeah. and you know and things like that and then at that point angular is just a syntax it's just an API to learn now it's yeah. a really really big a- API <laughs> yes. it's, a bit, it's a lot to learn I'm not dismissing it but it is just it's it's the implementation yeah. at that point not the concepts
0: well I mean you could argue the same thing with the server right now we're moving into the world where We don't want to build these massive websites on the server Mm -hmm. there are still times you may want to do that right and there's plenty of applications where it makes sense to do things on the server Mm -hmm. but a lot of applications you want to truly take advantage of what the client can offer to me asp5 really builds upon what mvc has been doing for the last three or four years it's the next step in the evolution of things yes and it's good that they're bringing these tools in because like i said I may want to use these tools, but before there was sort of a, a barrier for me to get them working, right? I had to download Node myself. I had to get things sort of working in Node. Then I had to figure out, right. all right, well, I have to download this thing in order to work in Visual Studio. Right. The fact that right. it's now sort of baked in, it makes it easier for me to use those tools, which right. means right. it makes it easier for me to go to a client and say, hey, this is what we're going to use. And no, you don't need to go tell your your uh, admin guy these are the 17 steps to install it now. Right. right.
1: No, they, and that's that's totally true. A couple of my more... Ambitious teammates have gone and installed Node and they have their own, you know, Node uh, Node build time, right? They have, <laughs> yeah. They've they been using Grunt and Gulp um, on their local machines, but it hasn't been built into the whole build process. It hasn't been built into Visual studio. It hasn't been sure as heck hasn't been built into TFS. And yeah. so then you're just getting the benefit out of it locally, which is better than nothing. It's been great, yeah. but it's just really restrictive, right? You're not you're not being you're not able to. Uh, embrace it and get the benefit out of it in, in, in <clears throat> other areas, in in the build server or yeah, things like or,
0: that. Or, like you said before, a lot of what people use Grunt and for <clears throat> is minification and bundling. Well, those are kind of things you want to really handle at build time on a server, right? When you deploy it out to your QA environment or production environment. In development, you may not want things bundled, right? Or minified. Right. You want to be able right. to actually look at the code and step through it. Yeah, you want so, that switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: So, I don't know. So we're talking. You just you just mentioned the evolution of of ASP.net and and all that stuff. So if we are if we're talking to ASP.NET for developers, four point five developers, the yeah. you know, developers who have been using ASP.NET, .NET, be it web forums, NBC, whatever. Brass tacks, what are we talking about? What what do I really need to know as an ASP.NET developer who let's say I I've been I've been hearing about ASP.NET 5, I've been hearing about this thing called VNext, I've been hearing about all of this. What would you say boil it down? What what would you say is the stuff I absolutely need to know? It's just that punch list of things I need to know yeah. coming in from ASP.NET, you know, 4 5 whatever, the current version to this this next version.
0: So to me there are three critical things. Number one, if you haven't already learned MVC or web api those kind of things you really want to spend time learning them today because that is the future um microsoft has hasn't came out and said oh there's no more web forms i think there'll still be a story because sharepoint uses web forms so there'll have to be something um but it's very clear that at least if you're going to drop the aspnet 5 today you're in the MVC world right you're in the web api world you're in, you're just, there's no edwin web form project or ed web form form to the screen so you definitely want to make sure you have a good grasp of how to build those kind of applications. Without a doubt, learning client-side stuff. And I'm not necessarily talking about learning Angular or, or Knockout or whatever. Those are things you need to eventually tackle. But learn JavaScript. Really learn core web stuff. And I think this also ties into what we've been talking about with Grunk and Gulp. Understand that what happens outside of the Microsoft world and the web, Microsoft is sort of playing catch-up to what the rest of the web world is doing. Right? Yeah. So you need to do two things. Number one, like what is Bauer, right? Why did, why did someone create Bauer? What does it do? What does Grunt and Gulp do, right? But then also understand that three or four months from now, Microsoft may have a plugin. Says, and say, you know, now I'm going to use, I don't know, Grunt, Gulp, uh, Lemon. <laughs> Lemon's a new build process or whatever right. new task manager tool, right? Right. That the idea that the web moves a lot, rap, rap, rap more rapidly than, than anything else. Um, So I think those are the first three things to get. A, basically understand the idea of how do we build these applications? How do we build modern web applications? Right. Focus on those things because, frankly, three years from now or a year from now, whatever .NET 7 comes out or or Visual Studio 2018 come out, whatever they sort of rename those things in the future – Guess what? We're still building. We're still building the same applications, right? Responsive web is still going to matter. You're going to have to still deal with mobile clients that have touch-enabled stuff, like all that stuff. To me, that's not changing, right? I, right. When I install Visual Studio 2015, I'm not f- fundamentally changing what I have to do to build a web application. That's me and you, right? Because we lived in this world for a little while. So if if you're if you haven't fully embraced working with things like an SPA framework, or understanding JavaScript and CSS3 and all those kind of things, you should focus on that first, because to me this is sort of like I said the evolution, right? I've looked at. Well, what but so we how, have today. how does this
1: change? How does this change anything that we're doing today, right? So if I'm doing, if I'm already doing M- ASP.NET MVC, I've been doing it for a couple of years on ASP.NET 4.5. Yeah. How does it, that that sounds like it uh, it applies equally to me now, right? That doesn't really yeah. change anything. ASP.NET 5 doesn't really change anything in that regard, right?
0: Well, I think there's three things. Number one, you now have to make this choice. Am I going full.net or want to take advantage of what core.net provides to me? Right? Do you really, though? Do you need uh, to make well, that choice? It isn't clear to me how you switch later. I imagine there was a way to switch later. Um, but I think it's kind of an important thing up front. I think it's more about deployment, right? If I know I'm going to deploy this to a Windows 2013 machine, or sorry, we yeah, Windows uh, 2000, I can't remember what the server versions are called anymore uh, <laughs> R2 I think it's 2012 R2 right mm-hmm. I think it's the last server version then yeah it probably doesn't make sense but if I'm going to target my thing to Azure now I, I need to make a critical decision right, now I have a choice to make um, like I said I am I think a lot of people are going to make that confusion at first they're going to build .NET 4.6 apps thinking they're building 5 apps and in reality they're not <laughs> and then somewhere down the long line they're like oh wait a minute <laughs> I want to deploy this and now it doesn't work. Right. So it'd be interesting to see how all that kind of shakes out. But no, I, I think if you're, if you were a, a more modern web developer, who's using like Angular and, and all this stuff, I look at Visual Studio 2015 and, and ASP5 as just the next step you need to go. Like I said, now I don't have to worry about, well, how do I get grunt and gulp to work in Visual Studio? It's just there, Right. If I want to use these things, I don't need to install a plugin or something else to make it work. Right, right. Um, they've, they've merged Web API and MVC together, right? Before, today, I kind of have to say, well, I want Web API, so I inherit from this class and do these certain things. Well, I want MVC control, where I do these certain things. <coughs> <coughs> Under the covers, it's going to take time. And I mean, I fully haven't grasped all the, the reality of what's changed. Like, config is going, right? So now I have config that json right there's no more xml there's now json This for, for configuration and everything uh I, something else i was looking at the other day i, I was evaluating a customer's code and, and they're building this thing for something that's going to last for three or four years and today they're using data sets in their code and i'm like hmm, i wonder if they and they want to use cloud right that's actually one of the things like we want to build this for the cloud so like, i wonder if i use core core.net like is ado there yeah i see lots of stuff about entity framework Right. So I, I kind of played around and there was a new get package that I was able to download, but it didn't seem like it worked. So I'm like, I'm still haven't reached the point now of understanding what can I do and not do. Right. So I, I think it's, it's hard to say, like, if you're today and all of a sudden you jumped, you're not going to notice things probably right away. What you're going to notice is all of a sudden I reference a project or, or maybe I have a, another, like you, you built something, right? For .NET. Cool. And now I want to reference it. Let's say it's log for net okay? But I want core CLR. Well, now I need to make sure I get the core CLR, ver- the core .NET version for log net Right. So I think but all vice these versa other libraries... is fine.
1: Vice versa what? is fine, right? If I if I build for .NET, core, <laughs> it's going to run on .NET full, right?
0: Uh, that's a question. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because I think .NET Core is effectively a subset of, of of .NET Full, right? It's it's a rewrite, it's different APIs. It's not literally a subset, but yeah. I, I think .NET Core code will run on .NET Four. There will be that you know that layer, that translation layer. If it won't literally just run right on top of it, it will.
0: Well, remember though, when you deploy your application, you're deploying the the all the runtime with your application, the right? The
1: assemblies, right there. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. So
0: you're never you're never running core on top of .NET. It's a it is a critical. It's once you've went down that path, you're down that path.
1: Yeah. 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 So I don't yeah, know. I, so <laughs> I think the other thing the other thing that I've noticed, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but I think it's really worth kind of repeating is, and you basically started off the show with it, which is right System. Web, right? System. Web is is kind of the legacy that they're moving behind. I I would point that out as kind of the big thing that is that is going to be changing for existing ASP.NET developers. So, things like, so I, back when ASP.NET MVC was introduced, I was helping people move over to it, right, and just kind of learn and understand it, and one of the first things i would say to kind of make them feel comfortable is say you still have http modules you still have http handlers right it's still it's still the same asp.net that you know it's just a different ui framework essentially instead of yeah. system.web.ui it's now system.web.mvc it's it's you know but you still have system.web which a lot holds yep. a lot of stuff http context http request http response right all of these things http cache right all yes. of these things <laughs> And all of that is gone. System.web is just gone. System.web, well, so let me rephrase, though. System.web is still going to be in .NET Full. I think that's the huge thing, right? Full versus core. System.web still will be there. If you really, really need to use System.web and you know that you're going to be running on full, you can write your whole application on core, but then still call to that system.web and now yes. it it won't be fully core compatible right those system.web yeah. calls won't run on .net core but you can kind of call out to those .net full libraries the system.web yep. libraries and, and and use it if if you need it, and so then you've got this weird hybrid of an application, which I think is just even more confusing, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I've be... just confused the, the the matter more or you know help, but that you know they kind of live side by side and they're kind of two different things, but they work together. It's it's yeah, it's just it's, it's it's very interesting. But so I, the other thing that I've 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 heard Scott Hanselman and and the other folks talking about is. The idea of concept compatible, right? So yeah, you know, you have h you have this thing called HTTP context, and it's it's in that same spot. And I'm being very deliberately vague, yeah. but you know, <laughs> it's in the same places that it you used to find HTTP context before, right? So it's in the the context property of your of your view or whatever, right? Your your MVC yeah. controller. It's in that context. Just thought whatever that will have context yeah 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 it's it's that same property and it's called http context but it's not system.web.htp context it's something else right and so and it has different things on it but it it is concept compatible it means the same thing it's the same concept it holds your request it holds your response it holds all that other stuff but it's a completely different api it's a it's a completely different uh code base it's a it's a rewrite yeah so i think that's that's pretty interesting
0: it's kind of like a different runtime, right? If you, if you figure out, you've built your code, you compile it, now you're compiling against a slightly different runtime that has, your code hasn't changed, right? Ultimately, we're still excited you're, you're calling this.hp context, but under the covers, what actually runs is, you can look at it with something like a dependency injection, right? Basically, at runtime, they're saying, hey, use core, don't use yeah. this. Yeah. But yeah. you as a developer, well, you needed to know it was there, you're expected output was the same, right? When I asked for a request, I got the same type of object back. Maybe the namespace was slightly different, but it had the same properties, right? It, I don't have to cast it. I didn't... Me as a developer, I don't have to care that I'm using full versus core at the coding level, which is important, right? Because else we'd have to have compiler switches or different code bases and things. Um, so to me, that's where the whole... That .NET, the DNX stuff comes in. It tries to extract it away, so you aren't tied to that decision right because you yep. may come today and say hey, we're going to go for it we're going to be full.net," but then maybe a year or two now you're like why well, not we want to take advantage of the azure right we want to take advantage of a cloud it will be interesting to see if you'll be able to fully just switch it over and everything would just work or what's involved i think as a developer and it's kind of like what i remember when i first kind of start looking at this stuff or when i install visual 2 2015 and run it right create a new project First thing I noticed is Webconfig got gone, right? That's a huge thing, right? We all yeah, have yeah. lived with this massive Yeah I mean I've dealt with things that have like thousands of lines of web.config and XML <laughs> it's just Where do, I, I have an application settings. Where do I put it? Yes. I put it in
1: the webconfig. A connection string, <laughs> exactly. Put it in the webconfig.
0: So when I've now we have config.json, right? And there's not a whole lot of documentation out there yet today, but Everything you look at, it's like the only thing you have to worry about putting there is app.config settings, right? Well, it's not littered with everything else.
1: And to be <laughs> clear, we don't have – there's. it's not a file called config.json. It's actually an API that allows you to read in any JSON file, yes. right? Or any yeah. any file. There's actually a couple of different formats. JSON is just, just one of them. Yes. So you can now JSON's read the in default, yeah. configuration files. I think you can files.
0: still read XML and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looked like they're trying to handle the whole, like, what if I'm deploying this to production? It's trying to make it easier for you to do those kind of things without, like, having separate web configs and things. Yeah. So, again, I think it's it's a good evolution step because what's the problem with web config? It's not that I'm putting a bunch of app settings in. It's because, oh, I made a change to app setting, but then I removed some other XML node, and all of a sudden my web config blows up because I'm missing a closing tag. <laughs> yeah. If all I have are app settings, I can't break things.
1: Yeah. Well, but I can still have missing closing tags in in my JSON fonts, too.
0: (laughs) But if you ever dealt with Microsoft AJAX and had to put that into a web config and and literally put in copy and paste in the (laughs) 80 spots of HTML, or WCF used to have to put in blocks and blocks and blocks of of XML, or if you were using the Microsoft application blocks or Enterprise Library, you would just litter up your web config with everything you needed. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, The the thing that's other kind of interesting to me is the idea that HTTP handlers and, and modules go away. Hmm. It seems like it just works, but mm-hmm. they're not replaced by anything. It's not very clear yeah. what they're replaced by. Yeah, well, it's um, this
1: concept of middleware, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, but there's not a whole lot out there. It, it works, right? I can run the program. My controller fires, but there used to be a module that sort of handled that redirection. So it's, it'd be interesting to see sort of how all that yeah. kind of flushes itself out. I mean, the Definitely. bottom line is it's still a beta product, so there is change yes. happening. Yes. But it's very clear the direction, right? Their, yeah. the, their roadmap is clear. The road is clear ahead. Where we are now to where they're going to go, some things might change and things. But again, as a developer, to me, the, the most important thing is to realize this is Microsoft's direction, right? Yep. They're not going to go all of a sudden and go, you know what? This was a wrong, bad idea. Yeah. We're going to go back to... Big web configs with 4,000 entries in web config. No, they realize after 15 years that that actually causes more problems for developers (laughs) than anything else. So they're trying to simplify right? Or even think when you deploy it, right? (coughs) You want to put a setting in app config or web config. Your admin's probably like, no, 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 you can't have that. Can't put a connection string in there. You got to have that secure, right? Because someone can get to the server and see what the connection string is. It's like, you know... If, so, if someone gets to the server, you should worry about the fact they got to the server, not yeah. they read their connection right. Yeah, right,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all about limiting the attack vectors, right? Limiting, exactly. limiting the amount of information. That's it's, it's interesting. <sighs> so, so deployment. You want to talk about deployment before we before we head off? So deploying uh, ASP.NET five applications is is the story clear enough there? Do you think to actually talk about it now, or is it not even mature enough yet?
0: I don't know. It's... It, from my point of view it, I haven't really thought about deploying an application yeah. I've been just basically trying to get my head around how I would build an application and sort of what has to change and things yeah. I mean it definitely seems like they're they're going down this path of they want to have like you're going to deploy this as a package right Right. right. and that may be ultimately a docker type package or that may just simply be here is your x copy deployment but the X copy deployment would be everything, right? It would right. be the dot net runtime would be included with your with your your code, right? Right. Um, instead well, of just so having the four DOLs you do now have So the
1: really the really interesting thing that I've seen with, with deployment is that yeah, it's a it's a package, like you said, but um, it the your your static code, your files, your HTML files, your CSS files, JavaScript files, and your actual application code, your executable code, your server side code are two different things. So like when you when you do a file new project, you have your www root, and that's where all your kind of publicly accessible client-side code goes, and then you have your server-side code separately, and, and that carries on all the way through to deployment. So right now, the interesting thing is, I've, I've been playing around with deploying ASP.NET 5 applications, and I don't know how this is gonna change, but right now, you can't just create a new virtual folder in IIS and just deploy it you, you need to run in a, in a subfolder effectively, right? So you need to have that That's www true. root, and that is what is exposed. And so, you know, if, if I make a new virtual folder and I put I, I install my whole package in there and I hit the root of that virtual folder, it's gonna say, I don't, I don't see anything in here. There's no client-side stuff, there's no, you know, this is not the root of your application. The root of my application is actually one level down. And so that's that's what I've seen so far. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I haven't really found the docs on that. I, may, I, I hope yeah. I'm just missing something. Um, I mean, that's certainly not the case when you deploy to Azure right now, right? So clearly yeah. Azure just works, right? You, you can just deploy <laughs> to Azure. But just installing locally to IIS, I've been playing around with that, and, and I hope I'm just missing something. But, uh, you know, right now that's – that it just it's just it's just not working, and I'm interested to see how that uh, how that story plays out if that becomes easier or or if it yeah. just becomes a different deployment model, different different so you, recommendations and best practices and things.
0: You brought up an interesting thing. One of the things I did notice is, and I wasn't quite sure if this was more just the way Visual Studio was handling it or if it actually was a physical folder. There is now you're used to I have my script folder, I have my content folder and I have my mm-hmm. view folder. Now, like you said, there's this www root sitting in the in my project. And under there you find JavaScript and CSS. Yep, it's like yep. they're trying to get that separation out there. It's clear this is stuff that's sort of content, right? Because ultimately when you when you do a deployment, right? Traditional web deployment, you're not deploying the controllers, right? You're right. A, a DLL, all the controllers get bundled into a DLL. Right. And um the views sort of get all bundled in one of the things we kind of briefly touched on it somewhere on all this Roslyn takes over it was my it's my understanding that you don't really compile the code anymore that somehow or another at runtime Roslyn does some kind of JIT injection into things like, it's not clear to me exactly what it's doing yeah. but to me that's sort of all involved in there too so having the separation pieces it's to me again it's it in back to this whole packaging thing best practices type thing here is the stuff that the client needs, right? Because ultimately, the client doesn't care that it's C-sharp code, right? Yep. And I am with mean client. I mean the, the web browser client. But it needs a JavaScript. It needs the CSS. It needs the images. Those are also the things that, frankly, in my world, those are the things I worry about every day now, yeah, right? Yeah. That C-sharp code I'm writing is basically get data from the database, maybe do some business processing around it, and ship it down in JSON data. The, the code I'm constantly changing and evolving is JavaScript and CSS yes, and, and things right. like that. Right. Having that clearing separation, I think, is a good thing.
1: Yeah. No, I so. think that's great. All right. Well, no, I, think, I definitely uh, think deployment
0: uh, – It's, it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, coming back to tying it back real quick, this whole of – is everyone going to try to do core, or are we all going to still do 4.6? And we'll forget core exists because we hit create new project, <laughs> 4.6 is what came up first. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I think we uh, we covered – we did a pretty good job covering uh, – Doing, I think we did a high – Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can't even finish this up. It's fucking 1220 yes. at night. Uh. All right, so anyway, I, I yes. think we did a pretty good job of uh, high-level overview of of ASP.NET five. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of anything. Certainly at a high level, I can think of a ton of things at a lower level, but yes. certainly not at a higher level. I think we touched there, on those anything. are other
0: podcast uh, Yeah, you the, know what? They, I think this definitely deserve deserves a,
1: It deserves a follow-up podcast. I think we can uh, expect yes. another one on ASP.NET five to come probably shortly. Uh, but I think yeah. this is. Uh, I think that's
0: we, we definitely want to do one when it comes out. It yes. be good to see this is really what's out there now as opposed to um, things kind of being a little vague and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, I have n- absolutely no idea how to close this.
0: <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed our little uh, soiree in the podcasting. Um, <laughs> come back next time. <laughs> Yo, we'll we'll do a better job next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so I think I think that, that wraps it up. Uh, my name is Jess Chadwick.
0: I'm Todd Sutter.
1: And uh, thanks the ride. for, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the ride. Thanks for spending your time with us. See you next time. See you next time. Done. All right, music, lead out, blah, 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 blah. All right, cool. So close your file. Uh, stop, I guess.